Hey, I am David Webb, and this is... Uh, Danny Velasquez. And this is What Could Possibly Go Wrong, and today we are talking about getting started in a hip-hop career. Yes, yes. So, uh, Danny, how long have you been in hip-hop? I mean, I started rapping, like, high school, so it's been it's been a little over ten years um, that I've, you know, put my foot down as, like, yo, this is something I want to do, um, but, re- like... I consider what I consider serious, like taking it serious, uh, probably started four or five years ago, um, somewhere around, yeah, somewhere around like my third project. What what uh, would you say is the changing point? What, ha- what When did you go from having fun to serious? So, I mean, I still have fun and, and it still is fun and I, I, I don't, I don't take it serious to the point that it's like, this is my career, you know what I mean? I'm not... I'm not seeking to feed my family off this stuff. Um, so, like, taking it serious for me was was just treating it like the same attention that I give anything else in my life that I care about. You know what I'm saying? That I give my family, that I give my friends, that I give a game that I love. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I find a really good game, like Cuphead or, like, uh, like you know, when I first started playing... Um, Apex or Fortnite or anything like that. If I find a good game that I'm really about, then I'm gonna do what I can to like be my best at it, just like for the sake of my own potential. You know what I mean? It's not that um, it's not like I'm in a competition with with anyone but myself. So when I started, when I say that I started taking it serious, it was just like <clears throat> I kind of put I put more intention in the end product and what I'm actually putting out to the world because not not every song that I write and not every verse that I write is going the distance you know what I mean it's not even seeing the light of day some of it so when I do put stuff out I just want to make sure that it's appealing to you know somebody like myself you know yeah so you you became passionate about it and you started cultivating the quality of what you Mm -hmm. what you uh, put out there yep 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 it's awesome um, so what uh, what got you first into this? When, when did you first start rapping and why? Okay, um, we first started rapping just just for fun, really. Um, I was at my grandmother's house one time, and <clears throat> my cousins Eric and Andre Gomez came in, and they had a little iPod back then, you know, when it just played music, and they had they had two tracks on there one of them was called octaves it was a spider-man reference and the second one was um inspector gadget and it was an inspector gadget i mean both were both beats were inspired by the theme songs but it like they played that for me and i heard it and i didn't even know it was them at first just because their voices sounded so crispy and then after i'm hearing it and i like i heard a few more like bars i'm like wait that's your voice i'm like yo this is you guys and they're like yeah bro we recorded this shit at the youth center so um after that like it just kind of like it it blew my mind realistically and they were already on a wave it was spearheaded by my cousin eric and a good friend sean brooks and they spearheaded that like nerdy rap wave that we were all on and it gave me the confidence to be like yo if these dudes who are like my brother's age three years four years older than me are doing this shit like what the fuck? Why can't I? And um, you know, before I knew it, I was in this, I was in the youth the youth center studio, and we were just recording what the fuck ever. It was literally our first mixtape was called Saturday Morning Swag, and we just rapped about fucking cartoons and like 
anime and, and shit like that and video games and we just had a lot of fun with it. <clears throat> That's fantastic. Uh, g- uh, Inspector Gadget was a, 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 a holds this a soft spot in my childhood. It uh, played when I came home from uh, from uh, grade school. So you know, first second grade, I'd come home and yeah. watch you know Penny Save the Day, and <laughs> it was it was great. Yeah. Uh, so no, that's that's fantastic because uh, you know it, it's I don't I don't it's not that I don't care about rapping, but rapping isn't something I'm particularly interested in. But I yeah. love Spider Man. I love Inspector Gadget. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it sounds like that's that's the best part is rapping was was is essentially for you. It seems like it's a it's an art. It's a way to express your your passions and interests. Yep. yep. Uh, and it's it's so it sounds like you're you're you know a nerd who found rapping to express themselves, and that's awesome. Yes, exactly, and that's that's fairly accurate. You know what I mean? Um, and now here I am, freaking ten years later, still rapping, and now rapping as a mature adult. You know, a father of two. Uh, somebody who's been through, you know, some life experience, who's seen some shit and has his faults and has, you know, uh, grown up in Worcester my whole life. So I have, I have these stories that I can tell through my music and that give me a great release or give me a relief of, of pressure or feeling. And to me, this is like bliss, pure bliss. I'm like at, at my peace stages right now because... For me, the rapping is just like, it's therapy, you know what I mean? And that's what it's become. And um, I'm blessed to be able to have the talent to do it, but also like the means to to write and, and be true, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's fantastic. It's, it's also great that so many people have uh, appreciated it. Yes. Uh, it, it seems like you've been well-received locally, uh, mm-hmm. as well as uh, getting some further recognition as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, about the so so are you involved in a larger the larger community or just the local community? Um, I would say I'm part of like the universal community. You know what I mean? Because anybody that I've met throughout the years, like like there's certain people that I've met and tapped in with um, that we've remained you know connected, whether it's online or just the email address or, or anything. You know what I'm saying? Like people that I met on Warp Tour years ago, years ago, like, that I haven't even seen since, but that I know, like, yo, he's down for the cause. At the end of the day, he's doing this shit for a righteous reason. He's not rapping without purpose. He's not rapping destruction, you know what I'm saying? He's not, like, at the end of the day, um, I, I would consider myself, like, I, I don't want, I don't like the word purist, but somewhat of a, of, like, the light, the light to the dark. I mean, there's balance with everything. Um, but in hip hop, like it's been tainted in such a way that in order, in order for us to keep it true, like we really gotta be fighting for this shit. And that's the only reason I say like the light part to it. Cause you know, I have my dark as well, but, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that answers the question, but it it doesn't necessarily. But it, yeah. I think it brings up a more important point, which is essentially a community uh, in the rap community is large. It might be just people with uh, aligned interests. You know, when everyone recognizes that there are problems in a industry, mm-hmm. uh, the people who who accept that and unite to do something about it, uh, you know, create a community of their own. Whether or not you know they know each other, it's yeah. if you're if you're aligned on the same page. Yep. You you are part of a similar community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I guess this leads us into our next question: Is what do you hate about the, the industry? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, 
like I haven't I haven't been in these media you know these massive meetings I've, I've never had a manager I've never had a publicist or anything like that so any of any of my feelings are outward looking in but um just from what I've seen and what I've witnessed and studied upon is like the industry or the industrialization of the culture was never meant for the progression of the culture you know what I mean it was meant for dollars dollar signs and me being what like me being who I am in hip hop and and being hip hip hop is a part of me type shit is like that's that itches me the wrong way because what like what else are we doing it for if not to evolve and get better and and teach each other because realistically to me the biggest one of the most important parts of hip-hop is the knowledge aspect and the fact that we're teaching each other through our rhymes we're educating each other on our circumstance and what we're going through throughout the world because it's not just us like this shit is global you know what i mean people rapping in their own types of languages in poverty and war-struck in countries and like this is their only means of having a voice and so to exploit that uh as a means to get rich uh without giving back is something that itches me the wrong way for sure i could absolutely see that it, it that's one of the things I, I love about computer repairs it's really easy mm. to get into it's you know, anyone with YouTube and uh, a small Phillips head screwdriver can begin yep. some computers and yep. then can rapidly after that make money from it. It's not the same, you know, getting getting into money from it, but it is a, a lucrative <clears throat> skill set immediately. Yeah. Rapping is one of those things, you know, it, it's an expression, it's an art, and it looks like, I don't know, I, 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 you know, if I had a friend who was like, I rap because it feels good, you know, my brain would be why what <laughs> and that that's wrong yeah, I, yeah. you know it, it's it's an art it, yep. it is an it is a release it is an expression mm -hmm. and you know it, it does seem like these days it is all about money yeah and it's everywhere but like the other part of it too is like just how massive the culture is and how now like it's sewn into the fabric of the country that like you know what i'm saying like 10 20 years ago you didn't have old ass people saying yo even that simple word, yo, now you'll get that text from a 50-year-old man. Yo, what's going on, man? Or bro, or you know what I mean? Like, it, the America has become very, very fascinated with hip-hop while also condemning certain parts of it. And I think part of that is, is due to just, like, this misconception and this, this uh, you know, the industrialization. It all goes back to, like, you know, what are we doing this shit for? Yeah, it's unfortunate how everything these days seems to come back to being about money. It, it, so many different things uh, were at one point in time just, you know, an art, just mm -hmm. for enjoyment, just for fun, just mm -hmm. for expression. You know, this is a, a social activity. These days, it's everyone is wondering, how can I profit off of this? And it unfortunately seems to come down to not just how can I profit off of this, but how can I profit off of others enjoying this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's very valid. And it does seem like the people most affected by that are probably the, you know, most marginalized parts of this community, which is unfortunate since from everything I understand, it seems like they're the reason we are able to have it in the first place. Yes. Yeah. So it's a catch 22, like from the deepest roots of it, you know what I mean? Like it's the snake that's eating its own tail and it wasn't designed by, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's rough. It's a rough, rough. Yeah, I, I found that it, it, it seems like, 
I'm just it essentially comes down to you know everything that money touches and becomes focused around money gets ruined at some level or another mm-hmm. and uh, it, it seems like I don't know I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a uh, like it doesn't feel like it's a completely I don't know uh, Orbor snake reference uh, makes me you know think about it a little further and yeah uh, I don't know it, it, it's if if it continued on its own without interference from people who were trying to control it for their own benefit, yeah, it would be something completely different than it is now. Yes, I agree. I agree. And uh, I, I I don't know if I don't know I I don't know what what it would look like, um, but it would mm-hmm. certainly have extremely different connotations in society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I I you know grew up associating rap with violence, and that was partially the lyrics that I ended up hearing, but it was also, yeah. it was the way it was portrayed in media as well, you know, yeah. it was always... It was marketed as that, and like what um, what some people, like a lot of people actually don't know is that these record labels literally like, literally put it in the contracts, or would like, like this recent controversy, and it's not even controversy, this recent like truth <laughs> that came out with Bone Thugs and Harmony, where they were like, yo... We had like so and so songs, whatever, whatever. The record label came back to us and was like, "Nah, y'all got to talk about this, this, and this. Like, we need you to talk about killing. We need y'all to talk about shooting. We need y'all to talk about drugs. We need y'all to talk about ass and sex, straight up. Like, and this is coming from your boss. Like, fam, what? <laughs> that, that is the exact way this kind of thing happens. That yeah. is how cultural shifts happen. You know, yeah. people, companies look at the numbers. They recognize that that sex and violence sell, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, say, "Hey, do it this way." And then all the other people are like, "Hey, the big names are doing this. We got to as well." Yeah, uh, it, it's what happens when you focus on money. Everything becomes about the numbers. Mm-hmm. And and that that's a key word right there is focus. You know what I'm saying? Because there is every spectrum of from from violence to peace within hip hop and what has been focused on in history you know since inception since since industries got the industry you know tapped into it has been sex violence sex and violence sex and violence you you turn on the radio right now i guarantee you the first song you're going to hear on 945 has something to do with sex i guarantee it i'll put money on it you know what i mean and if not that then they're talking about fucking money you know money or drugs period and you're gonna hear that within five minutes of turning on the radio you know what i mean and if not you're gonna have five minutes of commercial so what does that tell you you know what i mean yeah it's all about money and how they can make more of it mm-hmm. a family guy had it right yeah it's all it's sex and violence on tv yeah and yeah, the radio. Sure <laughs> so uh how uh how do your new listeners usually find you um, new listeners, so that's that is oh, that's a good question because realistically, I feel like a lot of people that fuck with me or at least fuck with my music is people that know me or um, or like somebody close put them on. So I, I would say word of mouth is really how I get around. Because um, I mean, I, I drop music, but not anywhere con- like consistent enough to be like an online presence for my music. If you if you get me, no, I totally do, and that makes a lot of sense. Word of mouth is, uh, it it is the the best form of new business because you know it's essentially your friend says, hey, this person's awesome, 
go check this out. Yeah. And that is so much better than I'm looking for new rap. Let me try this. Yes. Uh, I, you know, in, in my in, in you know service industry, it's obviously a lot more clear cut because mm-hmm. you know it's it's not a matter of do they like my music, it's do they need what I'm offering. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, if, if someone does a Google search for computer repairs Worcester versus you know asks their friends where they should bring their computer. Uh, the difference in whether or not that person's going to come to me is, you know, drastic. So yeah. word of mouth is fantastic, and if it's the only thing you're doing, it's kind of the best because you know it, it's it's 100% organic. Yes, and that that's what I what I pride about the people that do fuck with me. That it is a, an organic relationship. I try to have as much of an organic relationship with everybody in life, regardless of the music aspect or like being a fan, like just in general. Um, just because that's just how I operate, you know what I'm saying? Like, if we're connected, we're connected, you know what I mean? And and I want it to be for something fruitful for the both of us, you know what I'm saying? I want to give you something if you're giving me something, and if I'm getting something from you, you, you best believe that you're going to be getting something from me, you know? So what what do your listeners get from you? Um, so I would hope, I mean, well, actually, no, I can say this for sure because these people reach back out to me is like, they they <clears throat> they find some peace in the lyrics and they find a piece of them um and a lot of times these songs that might not even make it to the public that I'll just post online or that I'll spit a verse on a on a camera and and post it and then you know delete it later um it's like advice that I'm giving myself and like I said earlier it's more like therapy for me so sometimes these lyrics are um general and sometimes they're very specific but a lot of times they, a lot, people can relate to it. And so I've had people come up to me after a show, you know, with tears in their eyes, like, yo, that shit was, that shit was hard. Like that, that not, not those words specifically, but like that, that, that touched me. You know what I mean? Or I've had people shoot me a DM like, yo, what you're saying right now is really resonating with me. And I really needed to hear that. And it's, you know, I'm going through a rough time. And even if that's just a conversation piece that we could have, that little interaction, um, that means everything to me. And and that's just the, tra- the kind of energy I try to keep throughout my life. No, it makes a lot of sense. That's a great answer. And I, I, I get it. I, uh, you know, music doesn't ever really touch me that way, but, but it, it makes my brain move more easily. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, every now and then I will hear a lyric that just resonates yeah. and uh no that's fantastic that's yeah. it's great that you're uh that's one of the amazing parts of you know being able to be a you know smaller uh musician mm-hmm. uh, artist is you know your customers can your, your fans can reach out to you directly and give mm-hmm. you immediate feedback that's yes. awesome yes yep you know you don't have to you know read a review on a podcast five years later and be Same like ah shit should have done that differently <laughs> yeah, exactly yep yeah it's being small is you know you can get direct feedback and listen to it so, uh, how have you used the internet as a tool? What have you, you know, have you met people? Have you, you know, grown your audience? What, mm-hmm. what how has the internet been for you? Um, so overall, the internet is probably, if anything, accelerated um, what I've been doing. When I started is when social media was getting kicked off. You know what I mean? MySpace. I remember we had we had a MySpace. We probably do still have a MySpace if they if they kept the URLs up. It allows me to it allows me to stay in contact with the people that I have these connections with, which I really love and appreciate because even if I don't get to see you every day, month, year, um, at any time, like yo, I could see how you're doing in life. I could see what you're proud of, what you're posting up. Because at the end of the day, a lot of us we post things that we're proud of or that 
Um, we want people that are trying to keep up with us to see so that they, you know, so that, like, oh, you can see how big my kid is. You can see, oh, where my cat's at. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, shit, look at how fluffy he is. You know? <clears throat> um, how fat and how great he purrs. <laughs> facts and how loud he's purring. Yep. The, um, the internet is fantastic for, for maintaining a connection with people that, you know, it, it, it's essentially, you know, you don't want to see them every day. You can't see them every day. But, you know, you want to know that they're how they're doing. And it's great to be able to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to end up looking up your old MySpace later just because, <laughs> yeah, uh, we that, you know, it. for reference, like <laughs> con- contrast, that'll be fantastic. Uh, so people ask you what you do. How do you answer? What's your title? If you were to give out business cards, what would it say? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so most of the time when people ask me what I do, uh, I just tell them I'm a, I'm a brand owner, um, because I treat, I treat myself like a brand, you know what I mean? Everywhere I go, I'm a walking billboard for my own movement, you know, and that is clothing. I I do customize a lot of clothing and I do sell a lot of clothing. Um, I rap and I'm part of a record label, an independent record label that we started. It's basically just me and the homies, but that's 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 basically what I tell them. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, I make music and I sell clothes. Um, so if I could put it on a business card, I would probably just say like. I mean, that would actually be great. I make music and sell clothes. Yeah. You know, people like you know, you that's, hand people business cards, say yeah, people say what letters. you do. Yeah. And you're like, I make money and I sell clothes. It works. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, have you gotten any awards for your music or recognition? Any industry achievements to mention? We th- this past year, twenty twenty one, we were in the paper. Me and my two homies, we were in the paper at least like 13, 14, 15 times. Mostly because my boy Jafet was on a tear. He was on a run, just dropping, dropping music, and <clears throat> not not light stuff. You know what I'm saying? Really deep, deep, thoughtful music. And um, so we were in the paper a lot. I've been in the paper a lot years prior to that as well. Um, and then I want, uh, was that 20, 20, no, not 2013. Oh, it might've been 2013. Some, uh, years ago. Anyways, uh, we put out a video, me and, uh, this kid, Karaoke, very good friend of mine, Curtis Karaoke. Catch him at denied approval. Um, he's doing great things. We shot a video, um, that won the Worcester Music Awards run by Pulse Magazine, uh, for best video. And that was pretty cool. Um, that was also when I was still pretty immature in life, but also in the music. And so I didn't, you know, I... So it's not your and, proudest work, but it got an award. Yes, exactly. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, uh, I, I've definitely gotten things like that. Like, it, it, it received recognition. A lot of people liked it. Mm-hmm. I should have done so much better. Like, could have done um, so much better. Would do it so differently. <laughs> yeah, I'm deleting that post. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, what do you love about the industry? What have you found that is fantastic and fun and people, you know, makes the hip-hop industry great in ways that other other communities and industries aren't? Um, I would say one thing, I mean, the pandemic actually really made it prevalent for me, but the longevity that is capable in our culture, you know, what showed it to me very very prevalently not only was the joe budden podcast and listening to joe budden talk and you know i'm saying see like because i remember the first time i ever seen joe budden was in a freaking in a hummer in a music video playing gamecube on the inside of a hummer pump 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 and to me when i was a kid when i saw him playing a gamecube in a car my mind exploded and to now as an adult be able to listen to a podcast with him and now 
his his co-hosts have their own podcast and listen to that and then versus comes around which is it essentially like started out as like a battle series between powerhouse acts and now it's more of like a celebration of of um artistry and a celebration of the artists that built this culture that we love and 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 cater is like it it just means so much to me that this this is possible you know what i mean the the path that i'm on doing this for uh what i consider a righteous cause there's longevity in it you know what i mean that like there is 20 30 years down the road if i play my cards right and i do it with the right intention every time you know like see yeah, it's, I, for what it's worth you know uh weird al has, is doing another uh he, he's just announced another tour and it's all original things and you know this dude's in his 70s this yeah. is weird fucking al yeah in his 70s new interesting mm-hmm. he's still relevant yeah and you know it, it's seems like the the this is one of those industries where you know music hip-hop where, where you know you can if you keep creating new good things and you are amazing at what you do, you can stay relevant for mm-hmm. a century. Yeah. Longer, I guess. You yeah. know, a lot longer. Yeah. Right? You know, we've still got people listening to Beethoven and... <laughs> exactly, yeah. And and then you have the nostalgia factor of like, yo, I remember where I was when this track came out. You know what I mean? And then to see like Nas, you know what I mean? Nas just put out a phenomenal album. Oh, that's been fascinating to watch. I know nothing about music, but like he, he's apparently revolutionizing the way the you know, music video. Every the fact that everything he does is under three minutes is appealing to me. Yeah. Because you know I don't have the attention span for seven minute you know videos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The concept of telling a complete story with great cinematography and great everything else in three minutes is I don't know if revolutionary is the right word. I'm sure someone else has done this before, but mm-hmm. it seems new and. Uh, I think other people are starting to follow because he's setting a trend. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the other things that seems cool about it is essentially trends and, you know, someone does something new, interesting, and better. And it's like you said, pe- people, you know, follow and, and uh, get to, you know, turn into their own thing. And uh, Yeah. But, but it can keep doing it for years and years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think you bring up a good point with Weird Al because when people think rat, like, when most people in the culture think rap, they don't think Weird Al, but that's a prime example of somebody who stayed true, stayed authentic. His name is Weird Fucking Al. He's a weird dude. His raps are weird and, and like, wacky and, like, you know what I mean? So, like, but that resonates with people. And, and, and he's not hurting nobody. He's not preaching no. anything, like, malicious. The opposite. He did a, yeah. a fantastic uh, a song last year on... Uh... It was it was something it was it, I don't know he did a thing about the pandemic and it was beautifully done it it you know I listened to it a few weeks ago and it was great because you know I forgot about fucking murder hornets um, but, but like he you know joked about murder hornets coming out and world memes too many memes about World War Three and like you know I forgot that that was two weeks of last year yeah 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 uh, and uh, he, he does it it's but but it's you know it's a commentary on everything uh-huh. um, but but the other you know he's not he's obviously not hip hop. He's done some hip hop, yeah, yeah, but but like no, uh, he's rap. He yeah, raps. He raps. Yeah, uh, yeah. Th- there's this. Uh, I, I went to I went to see him um, live a few years ago in Seattle, and I went with my uncle, who uh, is an audiophile. He loves music. Had never heard Weird Al. 
Word. was never interested. Yeah. And uh, so we got to see, it was actually really great. It was at the Seattle Zoo. They have a, a live uh, performance area that uh, donated, you know, it, I, I think the funds go to the zoo or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so it was, um, we, we got to see Star Wars and all of the really fun ones, uh, which, you know, he, he gets really into costume. But one of the, one of the, it's not really a song, one of the performance things he did was, I think it was technically beatboxing, beatboxing, yeah. but it was... It was like five minutes of him making sounds with his mouth, and Word. it was amazing. Like yeah. it was impressive, and and it was it was almost like kind of hacking rapping. Like he wasn't saying any words, yeah. but it was he was making music with his mouth without. I don't know. It was. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but it, it, it's 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 an art, and it was it was really mm-hmm. fascinating to. To, to you know recognize the the words are are almost an addition to that it, it's yeah. there's a skill set to being able to do that and then there's an additional skill set to being able to do words with it yes exactly um, but yep. my uncle was amazed too you know this person who do, who loves music went because his his nephew was going and had a great time because it like turns out he's actually an awesome musician exactly and, yeah, uh, yeah yeah and it takes actual skill man it takes a lot of fucking skill to be able to do that because I know what you're talking about. You probably use a loop pedal or something, right? Like where where the the beatbox is looping, like over well, and so over. So it was it was his voice, but but yeah. it was it was a um it it wasn't just his it wasn't just like it wasn't I don't know if it was loop it, that was the other thing I'm not 100 percent sure where it was repeated. <laughs> yeah, what was going on? <laughs> because it was it was just like a yeah. string, like a seamless I, like sound. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And it was, but but it was it was not. It was a seem. It was an seamless experience through the sound. Like yeah, 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 you know, yeah. I I was I was entranced and engaged for four minutes of wordless. Yeah. Babbling essentially. Yeah. Just. Yep. 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 <laughs> uh, and and uh, but but it was it's it's kind of amazing to recognize like that that is also you know a a viable. It, it, it's not. It, I don't know if rapping or hip hop's the right word for it, but it's it it's he's doing something very similar in a very. Uh, I don't know, musical cohesive way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it felt, uh, but but it was it was you know the the, the appreciation for, I don't know. It, it, it's it's not. I don't. Hip hop is is a is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you know then when you're able to put great words uh, around it and and make people feel things from it, it, it's really kind of seems like good application of the art. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What would you do differently if you were just starting now? Hmm. If I was like starting now in this era, like in 2022. Yeah, 2022. You decided you wanted to get into hip hop. You have an important message to give people, mm-hmm. and you know the basics. Where would mm-hmm. you start next? I would probably, if I was if I was first starting out, I'd be super super ambitious. So I would probably be investing in equipment to get a studio in my own crib realistically um because way back when we first first started that was like one of the first missions was to be able to record at home and if we had completed that task and like actually been able to do that at that young age it would have been i would be in a drastically different place i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but all i know is that we probably the four of us would still be making music together and for me that would be enough so your first step priority would be figure out a recording space. Yeah, home studio or separate place that like we but had. accessible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we had the youth center, but like it was the youth center. You had to book appointments, and you know it was, it was you still limited there. But 
It does seem to be one of the limiting factors for, for new music, musicians. I mean, mm-hmm. also, you know, new podcasts. We've had so many different interruptions in this, and, yep. uh, you know, we'll be able to edit them out later. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. It, you know, it is worth noting that that, that might be one of the main uh, thresholds to uh, to getting started. Yeah, no, it's a fact. And, and I mean, it's easy to get discouraged, too, because in this day and age, when we have a screen in front of our face 75% of the day, and we're looking at the things that we enjoy or that inspire us, it's easy to then turn that inspiration into self-doubt when you're just starting out or you feel like, you know what I'm saying, you should be in a different place than where you are right now or why haven't I progressed yet? When's my next step to evolve? What you know? What's next for me type shit? I feel like a lot of that comes into play as, as an early artist where it's like you're not, you, you shouldn't expect to see results immediately. Like... There's a lot that goes into anything in life, especially in art form and cultivating music, you know, like getting started, getting started. Like I would still say I'm getting started and you hear me, I'm, I'm a decade, 12 years into it, you know. Um, so on the note of uh, needing a, a studio to get started, mm-hmm. um, is that something that is you know worth considering do you want to try and one make a studio and two make it community accessible slash Mm -hmm. like is that is that something that would make sense to try and work towards for worcester would a community run slash accessible uh recording studio be something that'd be helpful for you know this city and or others yeah i i absolutely believe so and they can i mean don't quote me but i believe the youth center still has their their service running that like things like that are what is going to cultivate a true artist like they need that they need that foundation of of love and care that you're not really going to find if you're going to a studio that you're paying 40 60 dollars an hour for you know what i mean as a new artist to walk into one of these places that's extremely intimidating and one, you might not even be comfortable recording. Two, you don't even know what your recording process is. As a new artist, you don't even know. You don't know. Like, no, it's on the, the person you're paying 40 bucks an hour isn't going to tell you to stop. Exactly. <laughs> and they don't know what the fuck sound you're going for. They don't know. They don't know. And, and to have something like you're saying, a community run where it's like you see the same faces. You were just at school with half these faces. The other half you know through family or through video you know through whatever through sports through freaking after school programs getting to know people and then having that comfortability where it's like okay this is a safe space for me i can actually express myself in this booth what am i trying to say and then having somebody behind the deck that's like gets that and encourages that and isn't going to judge you um i think that's everything you know what i mean because for me that is really what gave me the confidence to be able to keep doing it you know it was people like Egbert people like like uh, John Bettinger people like freaking like Joyner he was the engineer at, at a point you know um, just being encouraging and and not you know like not not stepping on our toes for a creative process because at the end of the day they were still getting paid and we weren't the ones paying them. So it made no difference whether we finished the song or had to come back and finish it or, you know, it was it was a more 
genuine vibe. And it really does seem like money complicates everything. You know, does, the, the moment anyone's income is dependent on your uh, on how you feel, mm -hmm. uh, they have to treat you differently, and it seems to be pretty consistent and uh, across industries. It's yeah. unfortunate, but it, it does sound like that's uh, that that you know not pe working with people who weren't who who were you know invested in your success rather than in in what you gave them mm -hmm. uh, goes a long way. Facts, facts, facts. But yeah, man. But growing as an artist too, I've been able to appreciate when I do find a vibe like that because a vibe like that is rare. So yeah. walking into a studio or meeting an engineer or something like that, like like this dude Brady, for instance, Brady from uh, Surefire Studios in Lowell, he is like he's probably the closest thing I've found to being in that youth center. You know what I mean? Where it's like complete comfortability. He gets it. I get it. Like nothing but love nothing but respect and some of the best music I've ever made was with that dude you know what I mean it seems like when uh, people are you know invested in each other's success everything works a lot better mm -hmm. and and from a genuine place not like yeah. not because you want to be so so successful but yeah, because, yeah, this can't be. I'm. I want you to be successful because it'll make me money, or because yes. I'll. I'll be successful if you're successful. Period. And, yeah. And that that's very worth acknowledging because mm -hmm. you know a lot of people have helped me on my way to success, but you know there was always the don't forget about me when you get there part of it. And yes, you know that that it doesn't necessarily kill it. They can still be helpful, but yeah. it does kill the relationship that you will never be on truly the same page with someone you help succeed for your own success. Yes, exactly. It taints it a little bit and then to make it like apparent too. I mean that that sort of be like that sort of feeling bleeds out too through normal interactions. Like you'll notice it even without somebody saying those words, but yeah, I've heard, absolutely. I've heard it plenty of times too, the same way I'm sure you have, where it's like, oh, don't forget about me when you blow up. It's like, how about we both blow up? <laughs> you know? Right. Well, so, so part of the, I don't know about complication, but I, I've realized uh, essentially, you know, there's a lot of people who, who, it's not necessarily that they are crucial to my success, but I wouldn't be where I am without them. Mm -hmm. But also, they are not, they are not able to, for, for one reason or another. Sometimes it's simply, uh, I am not as, you know, you know, a lot of these times this is not like someone did something wrong. It's, yeah. you know, these people are not as comfortable or courageous at, you know, putting themselves out there as I am. So mm -hmm. they will never do the things I'm about to do. Exactly. And it, it's, it's weird to, to kind of acknowledge you will never go as, as far as probably the feels far feels like the wrong word because it says it describes, I don't know. It says that going short is, yeah, is yeah. bad and that's, that's not, no. there's nothing wrong with that, but there's there's some I don't know I, I I think it's important to recognize that your goals are community oriented and and you the, the only real way that works is by benefiting the community if you mm -hmm. if, if if you mm -hmm. you know succeed and help only the people who helped you succeed that that I don't know it's still a net loss for the world yeah in theory That's you know you and it. I should should still be able to succeed and then help everyone else around us mm -hmm. whether or not they helped us and, and, and honestly ideally whether or not I even like them I, I yes. you know if I succeed at what I'm trying to do it, it should help everyone everyone it, yeah everyone and that's the part that is so tough especially in a culture like hip-hop where every a lot of people are me 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 showmanship showmanship uh braggadocio braggadocio you know it's like bro 
what I'm fighting for is for everybody. Like, it's for the dude that don't like me. It's for the dude that loves me. It's for the dude that doesn't even know about me. But what I'm fighting for is for all of us. And when you get opposition as a person being like that, like, it's like, it's off-putting, but it's like, this is the type of stuff that we expect. You know what I mean? We expect, we, we've learned to accept, like, we just expect it at this point. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people out there with a, a very hard uh, me versus them attitude. Yes. And uh, or, or or us versus them. I I, I uh, categorically dismiss conservatives on the internet by describing it as too much Walking Dead, too little Barney. Um, <laughs> but but I really do think it sort of comes down to that. It's you know too much toxic individualism, too much I need to succeed, and the way the best way to do that is others failing. Yeah. So so for what it's worth, it's worth acknowledging. Um, you know, a lot of, it's this whole pie thing, you know, people think if, if, if I get a larger piece of the pie, that means someone else is getting a smaller piece, which means I need other people to get smaller pieces so I can get a larger (laughs) piece. So you get a bigger piece, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's not how it needs to work. We can make a bigger pie. (laughs) Yes, yes. There's plenty of ingredients for pie, guys. Just because there's only two in the oven doesn't mean we can't put a couple more. Yep. And I also think that, that, you know, this kind of mentality is worth uh, acknowledging as, as this episode comes to a close. You know, society, it, we, we don't have a shortage of, of resources. We have a shortage of uh, organization and generosity. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, there, you know, for, let's just simply use homelessness and world hunger. We don't have to, you know, figure out how to solve it. We can acknowledge right now that we have the resources to solve it. Yeah. And the people who are in charge of those resources have chosen not to. Yes. And... You know, once once you acknowledge that, it's no longer a a logistical issue. It's almost a, a morality. It's a we can, so we should. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as I guess uh, Uncle Ben phrased it best, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes, that is very true, man. Very true. <laughs> I think that's uh, coming to a great end. Uh, let's. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week. All right, mate. Me too. Me too. <laughs>